Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to M-Class Podcasts. Oh my god, we're back. It's only been a week. We're back, baby, after the longest hiatus of our career. Wait, what did we do? What did we take a hiatus for? We took... we're Because we were on just a week ago. It's what oh. it's called being facetious for comedy's sake, Josh. Oh, 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 I get it. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. You got it. Fuck, it's so funny, Jeff. Uh, by the way, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Josh. We're two guys who love Star Trek so much that we thought anybody would ever give a shit what we had to th- say about it. Yeah, we just talk about Star Trek because that's the thing that fills the hole in our lives. Yeah, we're two massive fans of Star Trek and also Alien Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was only one type of podcast we could possibly make. It's about It's this one. We talk about wieners and plot points and very philosophical things. It's it's a very weird podcast. Hopefully you like it. Yeah, it is weird, but, uh, you know, we're not going anywhere, so you might as well just stick around. We're going to do this podcast until one or both of us dies, so... Might be me, and it might be this episode. <laughs> Josh is a little under the weather, so am I, actually. Yeah, we're, we're sick. We're, both of us are kind of sick. Uh, it's great. Being sick rules. I was helping uh, probably no one, but making myself feel better by going to the Women's March. And it was like pouring the rain, and I didn't have an umbrella. So I just stood in the rain for three hours. Who does? Who has an umbrella? I don't own an umbrella. We have three. It just wasn't raining when we left, and it didn't say it was going to. That's why we should all be, like, old English guys and just carry around canes and Dude, umbrellas, because you never know. That would be awesome. I would love that. That'd be cool, right? Uh, instead, I'm sick as fuck. Yeah, Thanks, America. You, you William Henry Harrison to yourself. You're gonna get pneumonia and die. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> you don't die from pneumonia unless you're old. Well? <laughs> I mean old, like old. <laughs> Is it how old you are on the outside or on the inside? Because I'm rotting away underneath this skin. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a really good episode. It's I can already tell. One. The thing is, this is uh, part two of Rich Master's Past Lives Collection. Mm-hmm. And I've been waiting since we started doing M-Class Podcast to get to this episode. It only took us 45 episodes. It only took us... 45. Jesus. I don't know why it took us so long. I guess I'm still nervous about doing this episode because I don't know if I'm going to give it the type of performance that it deserves. Yeah, we're not going to do it justice. Because, like, I don't even know what to fucking say about this episode, right? Like, It's, it's so good. To me, it is the best episode of Star Trek. It's my favorite. I'll put it yes. that way. I don't know if it's the best, but it's up there, and it's my favorite. It's TNG Season 5, Episode 25, The Inner mm-hmm. Light. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievably great episode of Star Trek. It's probably one of the best episodes of any television show ever made. Like, I'm not, like, I don't think that's too much no. of a, a, a leap. No, not at all. Like I was talking I was talking earlier that like 
there is no other sci-fi that I could think of that would take this type of a concept and completely turn it and make something so unbelievably heartfelt and yeah. emotional. Like, yeah. There's a part at the end of this episode that like always makes me tear up a little bit. Like I'm a grown ass man. You're not supposed to even tell people when you tear up a little <laughs> bit, right? It's the nineties. You can tell people now. <laughs> No, this episode is is uh, haunting. I, I would say yeah. it's it's um, it's a quiet episode as well. Like there's no yeah. huge turmoil in the episode. It's very much about people and emotions and experiences. And there's also yeah. an, as in every Star Trek, there is a philosophical and moral imperative that connects directly back to the real world and yeah is, this is is much more poignant now than it was when it was written even yeah which is like a uh, shocker right this is, i think the theme of our, our 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 podcast is like hey look this means more now yeah <laughs> that's Trek like really means yeah. more now than it ever did than it ever did yeah that really is like the theme um, like this episode has a very heavy climate change theme and like yeah. climate change denial yeah it's not heavy actually i wouldn't say it's heavy at all it's very like interwoven within a much heavier narrative that it's just yeah. sort of the backdrop you get the gist of how fucked up things are by only like a couple interactions like which is like perfect sci-fi like that's that's art. That's artistically done sci-fi. You don't need, like, a whole planet exploding to see, like, oh, look how bad it is. It's just one little thing, and you're like, oh, that's fucked up. Josh here fucking calling out Siegel and Schuster. You didn't need to have <laughs> Krypton explode, motherfuckers. <laughs> I was more thinking of the other guy I who know. does the... <laughs> I was more thinking of him. Uh, I was thinking about... Every time I watch The Inner Light, a new, like, connection opens up in my brain, and I become yeah. smarter. Yeah, and which is hard for you. Oh, Josh, you know just how to <laughs> tickle the gray matter. Uh, Your dick isn't gray. Blah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was thinking about blah. I was thinking about Krypton in this yeah. episode because Catan, Catan. I think it's Catan. Catan, sure. Yeah, Chris, it, it's where Chris Catan comes from. <laughs> He's the final. Catanian. <laughs> He's the Superman of this planet. <laughs> Holy fuck, what a shitty planet. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> what an unfunny, shitty planet. Fuck you, Chris Catan. What have you done? Fuck him. Fuck Chris Catan. I'll fight him. Where are you? <laughs> I couldn't imagine what ditch Chris Catan is in right now. <laughs> you mean his home? Oh. But I was thinking about Krypton, that, like, the funny thing about Krypton is, like, it's a climate change thing. Like, their right. planet was going to fucking explode, and it could have been prevented if anyone would have fucking listened to Jor-El, but they refused, and the planet exploded. Yeah. Also, Brainiac did it. Well, that's just in the cartoon. That's later. That's just in the cartoon. I think that's yeah. in the comics now, too. But yeah, I think they originally, it, it was just like the planet's core was like going supernova or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was very they unscientific. How, they didn't really know about stuff in the 30s, so they were like, the planet's going to blow up. The planet's <laughs> blowing up! And they were like, Jor-El, you're fucking crazy, bro. 
Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's. There's always the uh, don't listen to the guy, right? Don't like, listen to the scientists. The warning. Yeah. Don't listen to scientists. They don't know anything, right? Yeah. What the fuck do they know? I don't That's know ridiculous. shit about science. I'm smarter than them. Yep. <laughs> I'm smarter than some stupid scientist. Don't tell me things I don't want to hear. Ooh, I, I wanna. <laughs> <laughs> So so that's uh, the world we live in. (laughs) Also, in this world too, in this in this show. Um, I think we could just go ahead and jump into it since we've. Well, actually, I wanted to uh, point out that the story is written by Morgan Gandel. Okay, Grandel from uh, Beowulf. Beowulf. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) He uh, wrote um, three other episodes of Star Trek. Uh, none of which jump out as at me as being ones I particularly remember, which is wild, considering he wrote The Inner Light. Well, he hit a grand slam, and then he was like, I'm taking the next two off. I guess. He, t- he fucking walked it in the next couple What are the times. other ones? What other uh, ones did he do? TNG Starship Mine. What the fuck is that? Uh, on, an evacu- on an evacuated USS Enterprise D, Picard plays a deadly game of cat and mouse with terrorists. Oh, it's the oh, one that one's all right. That's a pretty good episode. That one's cool. Didn't yeah. stand out though, is one I remembered. Deep Space Nine: The Passenger from season one. Well, that's probably not very good. An alien criminal attempting to prolong his life hides his consciousness inside the mind of a station crew member. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of weird ones. Like I don't that. even remember that one. And I think Armageddon I skipped that game one in season two. Armageddon game. What? Who named that? Oh, this that's is a terrible a, I think name. This is this is a good one. It's O'Brien and Bashir help to rid two races of their biological weapons. However, both governments want to ensure no technical knowledge of the weapons can survive. Oh yeah. It's like O'Brien and one. Bashir end up at like each other's throats on this planet. Yeah, they get mad at each other. I think that's that one. Anyway, so he's he's written some good ones, but nothing like the inner light. No, the inner light uh, stands on the shoulders of giants. Though I'm, I have some factoids here. Oh yeah, yeah. So the inner light is like a classic example of uh, a trope. Uh, I don't know the name of the trope, but the name of the story it comes from is occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a story by Ambrose Bierce. Uh, I've never read it. It's a short story. I so have. I guess, like, I've never read it. But it's, a, it's like, uh, it happens a lot in, um, there's a couple examples here. There's, but. uh, there's an episode of The Twilight Zone that's based yes. on it. Like, yes. a, a guy is sentenced to death by hanging, and when he's being hung, like, the rope breaks, and he runs away and escapes and, like, lives right. out a life. But right. at the end of the story, spoilers. He's dead. Yeah. It turns out he's been hanging the whole time, and this has been his last memories flashing in front right. of his face. It's all about, like, time dilating, right? Like, in a time, time seems to be different for the person than it is in the real world. It's really cool. Uh, it's used a lot. Um, uh, Mike used to talk about it all the time. It's, like, one of his favorite things. That he I do love likes. it. I it love the cool. life... Un- the life also lived like the path divergent yeah like it branches off right like and this episode does it so well <laughs> the thing is like a lot of times because this is a trope that's been used in sci-fi before like you wake up in a different life 
Yeah. And usually what happens is like what Picard does at the beginning where he's like, I don't belong here. I have to get out of here. Right, right. But that's just all it is. Right. They're, it's they're like almost always, like a horror right. type story. Right. It's terrifying. Like it's hell, right? Yeah. But this takes it and flips it like 180 degrees. Yeah. And it's like he lives this like beautiful life. That's always gonna be with him forever. Yeah, it's it it fucks with your brain, dude. It, it really fucks. It with makes your brain. you wonder, like, what's the difference between those two lives? What's reality, right? Like, yeah. what's real? Uh, this episode was directed by Peter Lauritsen, who was uh, involved throughout um, TNG all the way to Enterprise in one way or another as a director, or producer, or just working on the show. Yeah, the name is very familiar. Um, he was the second unit director on both Star Trek First Contact and Insurrection. So one good, one bad. Um, he directed an episode of Voyager called Lineage, so I don't give a fuck what that so was about. another bad one, probably. Uh, he directed The Inner Light and Gambit Part 1 from TNG. Mm, okay. Uh, That's the one where Gambit from the X-Men shows up, yeah. right? Now, it's the one where uh, Picard has apparently been killed and Riker is captured by pirates. Oh, it's the one with the lady who plays the piano. Yeah, I think so. I think she has that ship. Uh, it's the one yeah. where there's a Captain Data. Acting Captain Data. Oh, Captain Data. I love that. How can a robot be a captain? That's what his fucking first officer said. How can a robot be a captain? That's a, not a very good song. Somebody put like a an eighties like airy like air supply music behind that shit. Yeah, I I would do it, but I'm not going to. I know myself. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I'm not gonna remember what time it happened at. Fourteen minutes in. Get real. Get fourteen minutes. I'll never remember that. Get real. Get real. It's not even a real number. It's, that's not a real number. <laughs> All right, so let's start at the beginning of this episode. Oh, God, it's like, I, I don't know how we're going to talk about this. It's I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know. The thing is, I'll front, I'll front load so it again. Good. We've already said this is an amazing episode. My favorite episode of Star Trek, period. Yeah. it's I'm sure it's up there for Josh. Yeah, it's uh, I I I don't know. It's between this Darmok and uh, oh, there's a couple that I like like personally, but like I I would say this is probably the best episode of any Star Trek ever. Like, it has to be. Like, if this would have been like a feature length film, it would have won all the awards. Yeah. All oh my god. Them. All the awards. <laughs> give them. Give them all the awards. Give it to them. I don't know why I keep going into that voice. <laughs> it's a fun voice. It's like peak Star Trek. Yeah. Peak we s Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. Nobody else is in the fucking episode, mostly. <laughs> Everything that happens is like a character-building experiment for Picard, right? Where, like, you kind of, like... like like, after this episode, it, like, makes Picard, like, better. I don't know how to explain that. Like, you know how hard that is to do in a character? Like, do you know how hard it is to make a character as legendary as Captain... I mean, this is season five, so, like, he's already, like, great, right? But then after this, it's like, he's just this... He's like, he's like Gandalf. 
Like, he lived this life. He's just this, like, paragon of humanity because he's been through these, like, crazy experiences. And you see that flute in the background sometimes, and it just reminds you. He plays it sometimes. He plays it in that one episode where he's practicing, like, he's making his own music, right? And everyone keeps interrupting him. It's in the beginning of... Yeah. He's... It's just, this episode doesn't get touched on a whole lot, like, heavily in other episodes. Like, it's not like when the Borg captured him. I kind of wish right. it was, where it got brought up more often. Well, it kind of does. It gets brought up subtly because, like, it affects him so deeply. But, like, he, he doesn't really, he's not going to talk about it. And it's a, it's a very personal experience because it only happened to him, right? Where the Borg happened to him, but also the whole world saw it, right? Like, it's that true. was like a... The thing is, uh, something that I was thinking about is, like, at the to jump ahead for one second. At mm. the end of the episode, Riker gives him this look right before he leaves his quarters that's very knowing. Right. And I was like, I wonder how much he told Riker about all of this. And then I realized, yeah. if he didn't tell everyone everything that happened, then right. the whole probe was, like, pointless. <laughs> right. I think they don't they take the probe though don't they like capture it they do but it's like everything in it shut down yeah I wonder if they if they're gonna like like experiment with it maybe they can like retrieve some there's got to be like a computer on it or something right like maybe how I'm would sure that hard like did like a full report and like sent it yeah. in and everything and they did whatever with the information afterwards. Starfleet's pretty clever. They could probably, like, get the thing back. It's got to be, like, some kind of, like, disc or, like, some some kind of information, right? Like, because how would they store... I mean, it's, I like, know, super it fucking... It a beam into your brain. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a laser disc player in space. <laughs> they, uh... They probably, like, put the thing... The, like, destroyed machinery, because they say it's self-terminating. Yeah. They probably put that in like a museum along with like Picard's written account. Yeah, maybe. And to teach about the planet and everything. They probably had like yeah. a big exhibit about it. You would think. So I mean, it's, it's not like forgotten. the only thing. There's still left. space archaeology. What about the Carla Nesker? Spaceology? You can't just put space in front of all ologies, Josh. Space, yeah, I space and can, you spacehead. Fucking spacist. <laughs> I'm not spacist. You're a big old spacist. I heard you talking about fucking Vulcans earlier. I was just talking about one Vulcan earlier. Spacist. And his name is may or may not be Tapon. Josh hates Tapon. He's annoying. <laughs> I love him. I love I'm just him. good cop, bad cop, and Tapon here. I actually do love Tapon. <laughs> That's what he's telling him anyway while he's on the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Tapon. He has a girl's name. I guess that's fine. It's the future. Yeah. Everybody's T, cool T, with it. T's feminine in Vulcan. Yeah. Eh, not, eh. P, P tends to be more male. A P is also feminine. Oh, Like really? having any letter and an apostrophe is it's a feminine, feminine name. Having mm. like a name... Like one syllable. It's one syllable is yeah. like, or two syllables. Yeah, is male. Valar, Spock, uh, Tuvok, Sarek. Tuvok, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about the inner light yet, but we will as soon as we come back from these messages. A mystery of unknown origin. Record is sick bay. The captain's hurt. Traps Picard in another world. 
My prisoner here. And another man's soul. This is not my life. Destined to spend eternity on a doomed planet. You simply cannot let this civilization die. Until fate... Came in. ...strikes a fatal blow. The captain is under attack. I'm losing him. On Star Trek, the next generation. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't talk about The Hobbit for a half an hour. In <laughs> that didn't Why didn't you happen. tell them? They need to know that we have more uh, fantasy lore than just Star Trek. It's true. We also love other thing. <laughs> Insert your favorite thing. We, we love, love that, it. too. Okay, so let's <laughs> hop right into the episode. Yeah. The Enterprise finds a weird piece of metal in space that just starts following them. Which happens in space. No, it doesn't. But no, it does. they're very concerned. I would be weirded out, too, because I'd be like, man, the last time this thing happened, it turned into a Nagilum. <laughs> <laughs> they, no one on the ship tries to remember Nagilum. They're all <laughs> trying to forget that dude. There's, like, some ensign in 10 Forward, like, man, I hope this isn't a fucking Nagilum. <laughs> and everybody's like, shut the fuck Fuck up. Shut up. We all Shut agreed up. never to talk about that again. Yeah, we're not talking about Nagilum. Stop. We're done. We're done talking about Nagilum. No more Nagilum. Um, but like Worf wants to blow it out of the sky as Worf does. Of course does. he does. Uh, but um, it shoots out a beam eventually. Like it's following them for quite a while, matching their speed and their course, and eventually it shoots out like a very hard to detect nucleonic beam. Nucleonic beam, which means something. <laughs> it means something to somebody, but not me. I don't know. It's. It, it, I guess it, it's like it can interact with like your cells, right? The nucleus of nucleonic. I don't know. Maybe that's that's using the root word, buddy. Good job. I, I mean, it's made up bullshit, but I'm gonna make it be that now. Um, Picard passes out. As soon as they're like, oh, well, it's penetrating the shields. And Picard's like, penetration? Oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, it's not a Nagilum. And he passes out. <laughs> I feel bad making jokes about this fucking perfect episode. But anyway. That's how we do. We ruin everything. We ruin your favorite thing. Tune in every Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, they called down to Medbay, and they're like, get up here. The captain's passed out. Yeah, he passed out from all this. What I, I don't know. There's a nucleonic beam. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck's happening, but we need help. Uh, yep. Picard wakes up on a sofa wearing yeah. beige. And yeah, he wakes up like, and... Uh, he's like, where am I? And this lady's like, Cayman, what's wrong? Cayman. Oh, Cayman. Cayman, are you all right? And he's like, where am I? <laughs> Actually, the first thing, he's he doesn't even say anything to her. Yeah, he's, he says computer and program. Computer and program. Computer, yeah. shut down. Which is so smart. Like, yeah. that's so smart. That's where I would go first if I was yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, but she's like, what is wrong with you? Is your fever acting up? Which is a great way to, like, put him off immediately. Like, yeah. is there something wrong with me? Right. Um, oh, man, it's so good. Oh, it's so smart. It's, Everything about yeah. it is so smart. It's so well-structured, and, like, every beat makes perfect sense from the last one. It's called good writing. It, Look yeah, it up, it's, JJ! It's, it's, it's a thing that used to happen every now and then. Look it up, Alex Kurtzman. <laughs> Blurtzman. Oh, got him. 
Nice. Fucking high five. So, like, as a Star Trek fan, you're first. <laughs> like, you high five yourself. <laughs> like, like you got. Like, I, I mean, I got it. I, we did high five. I, we I actually high five. Shut the fuck up, yeah, Josh. Totally. To- sorry. That- <laughs> but I, I like as like a Star Trek fan. Your first thought is like, "What's this lady up to?" Yeah. What is <laughs> you she, know? What is she doing? Trying to What's trick this? my friend Picard. I know I'm watching Star Trek. I know what this is. What's up? You know, and he's like, I, "Where's the Enterprise?" And she's like, "I don't know what that is." That's a made-up word. I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Please, like, please rest. You've been uh, the fever's taken you for several days. Yeah, you've been bedridden for several days." And he's like, "No, I have to leave." He gets up and goes outside, and he meets um, the guy from Office every, Space. Everything. He's from every goddamn He's thing. the guy from Office Space who's like... Jump to conclusions, man. Jump to conclusions. He's like, I have to talk to the goddamn customers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm needed. I'm needed here. Look, without me, you're going to have the coders talking to the goddamn customers. And they don't know what to talk about with them. They don't have people <laughs> skills like me. <laughs> His name is Bataille. Yeah, this. he's Bataille. And he's like, oh, my best friend... Cayman, who's my best friend. We've known each other forever. Cayman, I love you. And then he says, Cayman, I hardly knew her. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to drink note, this soda. <laughs> of note, Bataille uh, is apparently supposed to be a lot older than he looks. Uh, he's pretty old. He looks like somewhere near the same age as Picard. This is a problem with Picard in the show is that like he looks way older than he actually yeah. is. Yeah. So everyone he plays opposite of that's supposed to be the same age as him looks younger. And he also has like this very wise like acting ability that true. makes you think he's like fucking, you know, a million years old of wise. Yeah, he's seen a million things. He's been everywhere, right? But he's he's apparently supposed to be older, Bataille, because he talks about um, El- Elaine, Elaine. Eline, 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 yeah, Eline, like Picard's wife. Or right. Cayman's wife being uh, strong-willed even when she was a kid. I I always thought that that was that they grew up together. That's well, what I. The tie does die like two years after this. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, look at him. <laughs> Are you insinuating that Bataille died? Perhaps of diabetes. I don't know if Bataille's living the best life, is all I'm saying. I don't think he's exercising in the mountains. There's a drought on. He could have died of that, but... (laughs) Yeah, the sun's going Nova. Spoiler alert. But, like, uh, Cayman Picard is like, uh, please, like, answer my questions. I'm fine. Because he sounds like a fucking crazy person, right? Could you imagine... Someone asking you these questions who you've been friends with your whole life? If you did it, I would be like, Jeff's finally snapped. (laughs) And I'd be really jealous because I'd be like, I wanted to be the one who went crazy. Why does he get to do it first? It was supposed to be me. It was me. It was supposed to be me. (laughs) But he's like, the woman you saw before is Eline, your wife. You're in the community of Resic. Uh And this is the planet Catan. And Home of Chris Catan. Bringing that one back, huh? Thought that was good enough for a second go. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, going around. We're going around again with that one. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Uh, it's what you're doing. Uh, so, Cayman, <laughs> um, wh- he says, "I'm going to walk around and 
try and like get my bearings and he's like mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on yeah he doesn't where know where I? he is it's confusing so he just like walks around for like hours yeah it's nighttime by the time he he goes back to the yeah. place he started from Elian's house he's probably like looking for like the like holes in the holodeck or so you know like like some like clue that maybe he's like dreaming or something maybe he cut himself to see if he bleeds <laughs> Just to see if he's alive. Yeah, just to feel alive again. You know, like how people do. I think her name might be Elaine. Because I kept Aline? thinking it was Lee. The way he kept they saying don't, it. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, well, he says it weird because he's got a British accent. Yeah, I think it's Elaine. Elaine. Yeah, and so he goes back to talk to Come her. on, Elaine. He's like, come on, Elaine. Just say We live on Catan. <laughs> At this moment, I'm gonna play this flute. <laughs> that was good. And uh, she's like, oh, you're an iron weaver, the best in town, but you also love to play your flute, even though you fucking suck. An iron weaver? Is like a blacksmith? I guess. It's a space like a, blacksmith. A space blacksmith, huh? And cool. um, he's like, well, what do you use to talk to aliens like me? Because I'm an alien. And he's like, like, what do you... What? He's like, I want to make a call, and she's like, okay. And he's like, when can we do that? And she's like, tomorrow. And he's like, how do how do we do that? And she's like, uh, phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like audio something, yeah. but it basically just means it's a phone. phone. Yeah, it's just a telephone. <laughs> and he, he basically figures out that like they've never contacted anyone outside their own planet. Yeah. And Elaine's like, come to bed and do me. And he's like, what? I barely know her. <laughs> I just said that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this dude is stealing my jokes. If you like Jeff's original jokes that he made, hit that like and subscribe button. If you hate Josh's jokes that he stole from Jeff, <laughs> also hit the like and subscribe button. But, uh... Picard does notice that she's wearing a necklace that is the exact same shape as the probe that he remembers from his previous life. And he's like, what is this? And she says, why, it's the first gift you ever gave me. Hmm, interesting. And uh, we get a flash over to the Enterprise, which, is it the real world? Who knows anymore? My My whole view of Star Trek is shattered because I have no idea what's happening or where I am. Um, that happens in Deep Space Nine once as well. Yeah, when they go to the the Benny when he's yeah. writing, dude, that shit's that shit fucks me up. That's like that, that comes back later, and you're still like, is Star Trek just this guy's writing? Or yeah, it really, it's like it's like Star Trek's or it's like Deep Space Nine's the inner light, but like then like you're like, wait a minute, like which one was we- real? Yeah, are we watching the real one or what? what's going on? <laughs> but uh, Riker calls uh, for sick base hell because Picard's like he's not just out of it; he's straight up in a coma. Yeah, he's comatose, and he's got like this weird boner going on, and they don't know what to do. They keep pushing it down really hard, but it just keeps <laughs> popping back up. It just gets harder if you do that. And they're like, "Oh God, we gotta hide this before Crusher gets here. He's gonna be really <laughs> embarrassed." Put a towel over his boner, and then it just makes, like, a boner tent. Like, it's really weird. Like, I can't believe they left that in. It was weird. It seemed like a blooper, because they kept calling him uh, Patrick Stewart. They didn't call him Jean-Luc Picard. They They're said, like, Patrick. Patrick's got a big boner. We gotta hide it. P- put your boner away, and he would just go, mm, I'm in a coma, I can't, I'm comatose. Yeah, he'd go, hee, hee, hee. 
He didn't say anything <laughs> else. He went, <laughs> just giggle. Got a boner. <laughs> Classic Picard. Man, <laughs> this is ruining this episode. But anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I knew we would, so it's fine. I mean, um, what are we gonna do? Just say how great it is the whole time? It's amazing! Just suck its dick off. Mm. <laughs> Don't ever do that again! Mm. So, uh, Crusher shows up with her crew, and they're like, man, Picard's like in a coma, but his brain is like off the scale. Like, the neurotransmitters are just he's firing. Yeah. He's firing on all cylinders. Like, what the fuck is going on? And they're yeah. like, well, the probe seems to have locked on to Picard, and it's causing this. We don't know why or how, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to destroy the probe. And Crusher's like, if you destroy that, we don't know what the hell happened to Yeah, Picard. we don't know what to do with it. Like, it might... It might later on. She's like, you don't. If someone gets stabbed, you don't necessarily pull the blade out, right? Like, yeah, that could cause more damage yeah. on the way out. And Riker's like, mm, I don't like it. Mm, don't no sir, no sir. I don't like it. My dad's hurt. I gotta help him. <laughs> I'm mad that my dad got hurt. It's my real dad because my actual dad fucking abandoned me when I was 13. So now Picard's like- my real dad, and I love it. We're from Alaska. We don't know how to raise kids. <laughs> Wow, sorry to anyone from Alaska who's listening to this There's podcast. There's like three people there. Nobody's listening to this. Sorry to uh, Sarah Palin's family that are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Oh, Actually, yeah, the I'm not sorry. Fuck you. Yeah, the Palins, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, when we go back to Catan, five years have passed. Right, so time is like of no concern to us right yeah. now. It's just all over the place. Cayman is, like, still obsessed with his old life, but it's, like, fading away. He even mentions that, like, he doesn't remember it like he used to. It's been right. five years, and he's losing that life. And his his wife straight up tells him, Eileen is like, I've been patient. It's been five years of this. Like, we were only right. married for three years before this all started. Before like, you went crazy. Like, I've been patient, <laughs> and I've been understanding, but I can't wait forever for our life together to start. Right. And she goes inside, and he's like, wow, what a bitch. Yeah. I'm a misogynist on this planet. (laughs) He gets really sad. Yeah, because he says it straight up. Like, to him, his life as the starship captain is just as real as the life that he has here. And, like, she can't expect him to just throw that all away. And she's like, I do. I expect that. Yeah, so he and he's been doing all kinds of crazy Captain Picard shit too, right? Like he's like making like laboratories and filling yeah. his days with like whatever the fuck, right? He keeps Not disappearing <laughs> for days at a yeah, time. Yeah, he just walks around the area to figure yeah. out where he's at. Yeah, it, like, it's got to be like a lot to deal with. But uh, Cayman and his best friend Bataille go to talk to an administrator, which is apparently like I don't know, like a governor. Yeah, I guess like a mayor, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. He talks about like being in charge of other yeah, communities I, as well. You kind of get the impression that like they're new at democracy. He's real political. He's real like a yeah, politician. He's, right? he's a shitty politician for sure. Yeah, he Although, sucks. there is a theory that I'll probably forget by the time we get to it, but like he tells Cayman later that like he's in charge of... Everybody's seen this fucking episode, so spoilers or whatever. Right, right. But he's in charge of... Or he's working on the probe that gets sent right. to space. 
and the probe turns Picard into Cayman, which means it was programmed that way. Right. So, did the administrator who seemed to not like Cayman base the the uh, whole probe virtual reality world on Cayman's life? Right. Like, was it his decision? Because he's the only one that ever has any contact with Cayman. Yeah, he could just be a construct too, like Vanilla Sky, right? Like Maybe. in Vanilla Sky, there's that guy who shows up, and he's like, "I'm tech support." Like he's just like a, t- a construct. Like he doesn't. Really you do never know. Like that though. What's that? He doesn't really do anything like that though. I mean, he might not be like a real person. I feel right, like all could... of these people are real people though. Yeah, but you, I mean, with him, like he could just be like a part of the play. He could be a character. Like that's that's the crazy thing that's about true. all this. I mean, is like, like this was designed to be this way. Like, yeah, that person might not have ever even existed, and if he did, he might not have had anything to do with the making of that pro. Yeah, he could have been just a like like a means to an end in the story just like he's a means to an end in the show story right like it's a super it's like a mirror facing a mirror at this point like it's so like crazy like infinite like it can just go on forever like he could he could be like he could have been a real governor like you said and they were just like well when they're writing like the story of the the program for the for the probe they could be like well we need somebody to get Cayman to like fall in line and we that guy needs to be powerful so we'll just use this guy right like it's cra- it's crazy like who knows who knows who knows what happened behind the scenes at all but like given the view from which we see this play right if we're to believe that all these people are real people and that Cayman was a real person mm-hmm. which uh there is a terrible follow-up to this in written form okay where it turns out Cayman is a real was a real person he wasn't or he, was he was yeah, I would say that he was. I mean, I, I, you kind of are left to believe that he was. Yeah, the follow-up, that's not why the follow-up is terrible. Like, I'll, uh-huh. I'll get into that later. I don't want to ruin this right now. Okay. But uh, <laughs> um, from, from our point of view of what we're to understand, like, all signs seem to point to the administrator having chosen Cayman's life right. as, the, as, like, the virtual life. But again, like you said, could be anything. Who knows I, how it was actually I, made. I always thought that, like... We're, like, we're kind of getting ahead here. But I always thought that at the point when the administrator confesses to Cayman, like, look, we knew this was happening. Like, we we knew that the sun was dying and it was killing the planet. Uh, at that point, like, Cayman gets brought in on the project in my head. And Cayman was real. Like, he was a real guy. Um, and then... Yeah. He becomes like a very important part of the project, like going forward, and like they use his story. Like that's what I always thought was the thing. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I mean, that makes perfect sense for why Cayman's story is the one that's chosen. Because I right. mean, he's he's the guy who settles down with a wife and has children, and they have children, and he has the most to lose by the planet. Yeah, it's just tragic, destroyed. like, all the way around. It's just so tragic, right? Um, back in the point of the story where we're supposed to be at, <laughs> uh, Cayman and his best friend Bataille go to talk to the visiting administrator. Yeah. And the administrator is like, uh, we don't need any doomsaying about this drought. It's just yeah. a drought. Even it's though it's just been going drought. on for five years at this point. Easy. Yeah. So I'm, they have, like, a tree, right? And they, like, water the tree. 
Yeah, it's like a symbol of hope, and like you right. see that it deteriorates through the next few time yeah, jumps. It's bad. But um, <laughs> he comes up with this like very good idea to start building atmospheric condensers to get water out of the air, like because, Tatooine. Yeah, fucking moisture farming. Moisture evaporators. Yeah. And the administrator. They need like, a droid that can speak bocce, though. Where did your <laughs> droid learn how to speak? The administrator's like, we're not doing that because it's too good, and I don't want you fucking overshadowing me, because it's really what <laughs> It's a really good idea, and yeah. I'm the guy. And uh, Cayman's like, there's not going to be any atmospheric condensers. We're n- nothing's going to change. But Bataille's yeah. like, happy. He's like, you know, this is the first time that you've spoken like you belong here in right. years. It's great to have you back. And there's a great scene where Bataille and Cayman are just, like, chilling on the porch. I love this scene. It's so real. It's, like, the yeah. most real-ass shit. Yeah. But, like, Bataille's having a drink, and Cayman's just playing Frere Jaco on his <laughs> Yeah, Bataille's probably like, what the fuck is that song? I've never right? heard this song before. What the Fucking fuck Fucking Frere Jaco? What does that even mean? It's but nonsense. I love, I love that Bataille, like, dunks on him, because he's, like, yeah. he mentions his music, and Bataille goes, yeah, your music. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. But Eline walks out and she's like, Bataille, go home. Yeah, which is like the most wife ass shit, right? Like, dude, like, yes, Sam. Like, and he yep, just sort of leaves. Yep. We've all been there. I've I've definitely been at that point with people when I'm like, okay, I gotta leave now because like I'm getting that vibe, right? Where it's I always like, I've leave been... way earlier. Than yeah, I, I try though, to. So. I try to too. Yeah. But um, Eline and um. Cayman have like a conversation where he's like you know you were right about everything I have to start mm-hmm. living my life and let go of the life that I can barely remember now yeah and he says I want your permission to build something a nursery cause I'm on a fox <laughs> yeah well she's like you build your laboratory and your all your your fuck dungeon and all this other shit she's fuck like you don't need my dungeon. permission <laughs> Yeah, your dildo room where he carves his, like, happy dildo faces. I don't know. He makes his iron-weaving dildos. His iron dildos, yeah. And and then he's like, well, I think I might need your permission for this one because, like, I gotta put my wiener inside of your space vagina. You need consent for that, kids. That's a good lesson for the kids <laughs> yeah. at home. It's consent. And they, starts they with a kiss. Which starts Which, with a K. Which means that they fucked in TV language. Yeah, They're gonna fuck. they had butts. They touched butts until a baby came out. They rubbed each other's uh, butts together. And then a baby... That's how you make a baby. <laughs> <laughs> also, what I just said, Josh! Also, you put your nipples together. Ew. <laughs> Josh is getting gross and graphic on the show. I mean, you kind of do that if you're doing that one position. The nipple-to-nipple position? Nipple-to-nipple, yeah, that's what it's called. That's what they they yell at the end of Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> nipple, dude. It's too many <laughs> syllables. It doesn't work. Uh, so they kiss, and then we get a shot back on the Enterprise, which is it real? I don't know, man. I don't know what's real anymore, man. And Jordy's like, hey, I've, I sent a probe out to follow their probe because... Fuck that probe. My probe's better. <laughs> we got better probes, bitch. And Data's like, using that probe, I've figured out a way to disrupt the beam, uh-huh. which will cut its connection with Picard. 
And again, Crusher is like, we don't know what that's gonna do. Yeah, that's when she says the thing about the yeah, knife. She's it's like, I don't not a great idea. idea. And yeah. Riker's like, I want my dad back. Mm-hmm. I miss him. We're gonna play ball in the Hall of Suite. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Riker and Picard ever played ball in the Hall of Suites? <laughs> I kind of think they don't, and I kind of, uh, I always think that they don't like hang out because that's how they work, right? Like. Like, they like each other, and, like, they, like, really kind of love each other in a way, but, like, sometimes, like, yeah, when you... Picard doesn't feel, hang out with anybody besides... Yeah, he's not, him. he's not chilling. Like, yeah, he's not hanging out with anyone. He's the captain, right? Like... Yeah, he has that rule against fraternizing with his crew yeah. that he finally breaks at the end of the series. Yeah, which is, like, crazy. Um... Speaking of crazy, how about we visit our crazy sponsors for the episode? Oh, fuck yeah, I love getting their money. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this message. back ladies and gentlemen with more m class we're back for the greatest episode of both this show and of star trek god i hope this is a good m class i guess we'll find out i think it's going well well everything we do is always perfect so that's true if i had to give it a modest grade i'd give it a 102 percent out of 100 we get the extra two percent because we're handsome it's yeah, it's like a crit bonus. And the world favors good-looking people. It's just a fact. Yeah. Got to get used to it. We're handsome and really smart, which is that's where the t- it's like one percent for handsome, one percent for smart. They're definitely not equal in the real world. You wouldn't get one percent for both. No. Of them. <laughs> no, being smart in the real world is like a detriment. To yeah. be honest with you, people hate you for being smart. How yeah, dare they you get, be smarter than me? They get mad at you, and then they really they like think it's your fault and shit that yeah. they feel bad how dare yeah. you be smarter than me i'm the main yeah. character of earth yeah i'm the, the story the story's about me right mm-hmm. yeah uh so <laughs> the next time we join picard on Catan, it's another few years later and he's old cayman and elaine elaine sure elaine <laughs> elaine the middle of uh they're in the middle of a naming ceremony for their second yeah. child, which is like a bris. Yeah, or, or like a uh, baptism. baptism. And uh, they named the kid Batai after their uh, diabetic friend who passed <laughs> away a year ago. He jumped to too many conclusions. <laughs> he tried to commit suicide in his garage, but then his wife came in and like was like, what's wrong? And he was like, nothing, I just couldn't get the car. And then he pulled out of his driveway and got hit by the car. They definitely have cars on Catan. You just don't see them. Yeah, they just walk everywhere, because who knows, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Right after the ceremony begins, though, um, like, back on the Enterprise, they um, 
cut the connection with the probe that's causing yeah. the hallucination, or is it? Sure. And Cayman collapses inside the world. And Crusher is like, oh my god, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Here's fucking this medicine. Here's this medicine. She becomes Dr. Mario. She starts shoving pills down this dude's throat. <laughs> I need three red and blues! <laughs> but she's like, get that connection back, Data! Get it back now! And he's like, I'm trying. And yeah. he does. And he gets Picard's it back. fine. And we don't yeah, even get to <gasps> see Picard... <gasps> Waking up as Cayman, it just fucking ten years later on Catan. Yeah, it's another jump. It's so goddamn good. Holy yeah. fuck, it's so good. They cut all. They cut out like all the unnecessary parts for the story progression. Yeah, you learn everything that happened in between the cuts through nothing but context clues. Right, interaction with the character. Right. You. Yeah, it's like it's like it was written well. <laughs> and uh, it's like it works. So Cayman's uh, hanging out with his daughter, Maribor, who's like an adult now. Maraboring. Uh-oh. You know who she looks like? She's dead and her whole planet's gone. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> she looks like Sonya Blade from the Mortal Kombat movie, who's Veronica Vaughn in she... Billy Madison. I don't... Mm. I mean, she's like... She's like her sister, maybe. They look similar. Sure. Look. All blonde people look the same. <laughs> Whoa, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Maribor is like, yo, the soil's dead. Yeah, she's she's like a scientist too, right? Yeah, like she she's, followed in his footsteps because yeah. I mean, like he's Cayman was not a scientist, but obviously Picard is. Right. This is where like it really starts fucking with you. Was was Cayman a scientist? Like. Is that happenstance? Is it coincidence that Picard also is like science? I mean, everyone in Starfleet kind of yeah. likes science, right? It does make so. you wonder, though. It does. Was it it's... happenstance or not? Right. Does the probe adapt to the personality of the person it's probing? You know Maybe. what I mean? It already seems like it's too high tech for what it was. Yeah, well, like, they sort of throw all their eggs in this basket, right? Like, this is, like, the one thing they're really good at. Like, maybe, like, like civilization, like, on every planet evolves differently. Maybe they were just really good at nucleonic science or something. You know what Maybe. I mean? Like, who knows? But, like, Maribor says that the sun's radiation, because the, the whole galaxy is going to be destroyed. Like, the whole system is going to be destroyed by the yeah, sun the going supernova. System. It goes regular nova, not supernova. It goes ultra nova. Regular nova, just the bright, like, flashes happen and then the star dies. It goes regular super ultra nova. <laughs> but the radiation sterilized the dirt, so it can't even support life anymore. Yeah, which is like a thing that happens. Like, that's yeah. what they think happened to Mars for some reason. Because it doesn't have an atmosphere. Like, that would happen to Earth if we didn't have an ozone. Which, remember when we, like, almost didn't? And then we kind of fixed it. But. Uh, sort of. Well, the ozone is fine, but. The carbon monoxide and dioxide are the problem. The greenhouse gases. Yeah. Um, but that's going to wipe out all the life on the planet. And, like, Cayman is kind of, like, he's depressed about the fact that, like, his daughter has to know all this stuff. Yeah. When, when she could do something, like, productive with her life because there's nothing she can do to change it's the hopeless, science of yeah. what's happening. They just don't have the technology to deal with it. 
he talks about a guy who's in love with Maribor, and she's like, maybe I should marry him sooner rather than later. What do you think? I like how he like says to her, he's like, I should have filled your head with trivial things like toys and dresses and stuff like that. I think that's like super like Picard, right? Yeah. Like, Picard wouldn't raise a daughter that would be into that shit. He's raising a scientist, you know? That's what he would really do. Yeah, he would do that. He wouldn't be like, here's a dress, you're a girl. Like, he wouldn't <laughs> care about that shit, right? There is an absolutely amazing line that's like just great advice in general where he says, just like, live for today. Yeah. Today is all that really matters. They might not be a tomorrow, and yesterday is gone. Yeah. And if you don't seize the time now, you'll never have it again, because there's only one now. Yeah. And that's something awesome. that we don't really think about very often. It's We're very, all worried about the next thing. It's very zen. Focus on where you're at. Don't think about so much, like, all the shit you gotta do later, right? Yeah, like, I wish do one I could thing do at that. a time. <laughs> Well, it's, we're psychotic apes, so we're not really good at that stuff. It's true. We're always worried about surviving. <laughs> um, back on the Enterprise, Jordy figures out that there, there's like a energy signature going from the probe all the way back to an unmapped system with a planet in it named Catan. Mm-hmm. What? The, the system contains no habitable planets... Because the star went super ultra nova <laughs> a thousand years ago. Uh oh. Spaghettios. Right. So now we're now we're getting to the bottom of it. We're learning as an audience. We're learning. Even though even though Picard himself is not learning yet. No, he doesn't know what's he's not. I dude, I love oh my god, I love the end of this episode. I so do much. too. But, like, we get another flash forward, and Cayman is, like, super elderly now. Uh, sidebar, how hilarious is it that, like, these heavily made-up old man yeah. versions of Cayman and Patrick Stewart looks almost exactly the same at this age he, as he did he's, then. He looks great. Like, I know he's had, like, work done, oh, right? Yeah. Like everybody he's has, had, but... Yeah. But, like, he looks great. Like, I just find the, like, difference in the real version of old Jean-Luc Picard and this version so great. Yeah. It's comic booky, right? Like, it's sort of like they're hitting it home. Like, look how old he is, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a little, like, uh, Dick Tracy villain Yeah, yeah, like the prosthetics and shit. Old face. <laughs> Shoe hands. P- p- pussycat puss. Gun lips. <laughs> He says guns for lips. <laughs> this Dick Tracy character sucks. Neon Gun noodle. <laughs> I'm just naming fucking Duck Twacy, great piggy bank duck, robbery guys. Duck Twacy. Pickle Puss. Uh, pickle Puss. Um, but, uh, like, he's an old man and he's using his telescope still and... His, his wife is like, I don't know why you and our daughter spend so much time staring at those stars. I've looked at them, and I don't see what you see in them. Yeah, it's sad, man. Yeah. That's such a depressing thought. And that's like, there's people walking around Earth right now who are just like, 
I don't even know what a star is because I'm an uneducated moron. Yeah, who cares about the stars? They're right. It's o- dumb things <laughs> in the sky. It's only just everything. It's just the entirety of existence. It's, it's what just everything out there. is made out of. Yeah. But whatever. But my Starbucks is important. But uh, his wife <laughs> is like, I think your son needs, you need to speak with your son. He yeah. may have chosen what he wants to do because, like, uh, Cayman is very old manish about the fact that his son hasn't figured out what he wants to do yet with his yeah, life. Yeah, which is also super Picard, right? Yes. Like, Picard loves his daughter, like, the firstborn. It's so, like, him. And then his son comes along, and his son's real flighty. And he's kind of like a slack off, Which and he doesn't know what he wants to do. Picard, right? It's like where does he, like where did this guy come from? Where did this kid come from? Right? Like, and it's so good. It's it's perfect. It's but, everything about this is perfect. But he comes out and he's like, "I'm gonna drop out of school." And yeah. Cayman's like, "What? No, son of mine!" Yeah, he kind of gets a little yeah. mad about it. But he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna." focus on my music because all I care about is my music and I love it. Yeah, I want to be a flute man like you. And Cayman's like, we'll talk about it. Yeah, he's like, whatever. (laughs) We'll talk about it. His wife is like, wow, you surprised me. And he's like, well, after all these years, he only has so much time left. He should use that time doing what he loves. Right. Yep. And that's true. Like, if you knew the fucking, like, end date for sure, of your right. world, why would you care whether your son stays in school or, like, goes after his passion? He says, you know, like, his true passion is making music. Who am I to stand in his way? Yeah. It's a, it's such a big, uh, it's like, it's such a, a big question, right? Like, like, like you said, like, if we all knew when we were gonna die, like, the world would be totally different. Because we would all just be like, well, I'm not gonna do that. That's dumb. And then we would like work within those those bounds of the world where like people are all on the same page, like which we all should be. Like we all are going to die. Yeah, we right? all have a fucking expiration date. Except for different me. ones. I made a deal with the devil. I'm never going to die. Yeah, so. the devil's real good at keeping his deals. I hear. Yeah, he's my best friend, Jeff. <laughs> That's what they all say, Josh. We listen to Van Halen. No, you don't. Running with the devil. The devil hates that song. <laughs> It's about him. He loves it. He hates it. It gets it all wrong. <laughs> I never said that. The song says he's five foot ten, but he's really five t- five eleven. <laughs> he's really sixteen foot twelve. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the next day, Cayman goes to talk to that uh, government administrator from the beginning of the episode, who's like also in weird old man makeup. He's like really. He's like I'm old. Yeah. And he's I like, think he even says that. He's like I'm fucking old. <laughs> it's the first line he says. Yeah, like, like hey administrator and he's like I'm fucking old. Leave me alone, I'm old. But he's like this planet's not going to last much longer, you know? Like all of yeah. my findings point out that like we're done. Yeah, that's it. And he's like our scientists came to that conclusion 2 years ago. Yeah, he's like Shut. he like pulls him off to the side. He's like yes, we know. Like we knew about this and Picard's like 
what the fuck, man? <laughs> and he's like, what would you have us do? Just yeah. tell people that they're all gonna die soon? Yeah, it sucks, dude. Holy fuck, it sucks. And Cayman's like, well, we need to do, like, an evacuation. Even, like, a couple people. Like, we have to do yeah. something. He's like, what are we gonna do? We only started shooting missiles in the space, right? Like, yeah. Which is perfect. Like, because that's, like, all you would need is just a small rocket for the probe, right? So, yep. like, they can do that. But he's like, genetic samples, and, the, and he's like, no. Like, uh, he's like, look, know. we have a plan in motion that mm. some piece of our civilization will be preserved. But that's all I can tell you, because you're yeah. old and going to die soon anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Dude, it's... Oh, God. It's but so then, bad. like, a super fucking sad part happens, because his son, Bataille, shows up, and he's like, Dad, Dad, something's wrong with Mom. You have to come. Yeah. And he shows up, and she's, like, dying of old age. Yeah, she's old as fuck and dying. And he, like, stays with her, and, like, she throughout the whole episode, she's had to put his shoes away, and she's gotten, like, annoyed by it. Yeah. So the last thing she says is that he has to put his shoes away himself now. <laughs> it's fucking so devastating. Yeah, Holy shit. It really is. And, like, he just, like, crumples into her after she dies. It's fucking... Sad as fuck. Yeah, it's it's fucked up, man. Like, it's fucked up. Because, I mean, <laughs> you're thinking about this from, like, Picard's point of view. Like, he's Cayman right now or whatever, but, like, for, yeah. I don't know, 20 years of his 50 life? 50 years? It's got to be more than that. It's got to be, like, 30 years, right? Yeah, like, 30, 40 years 30, 40 life. years, yeah. He's loved this woman and raised a family with her, and she's dying yeah. in his arms. Yeah, it's, it's like, up, holy dude. fuck. Yeah. Um, we flash forward again to years later, and uh, Cayman is, like, ancient. <laughs> he looks like, like the fucking Crypt Keeper with a fake nose. <laughs> he's a fucking mummy. Yeah. And he's playing uh, very um, awkwardly with his daughter's son. I like. I thought it's, I always think it's cute, because he's like... Do you know what to do with your sunscreen? Like, he's yeah. very grandfatherly That's and stuff. True. It is cute. He just has such a voice. Like, his yeah. voice is so not made for that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when his son runs off, he says another devastating line where he's like, my grandson deserves a full life, but he'll never get it. It's fucking fucked up, dude. And she's like, just come with me to the rocket launching. And he's like, I don't know anything about any rocket he's like, launching. Rocket launch? What the fuck are you talking about, Maribor? <laughs> and she's like, just come with me. So they put on their sun hats. Yeah, because you can't be out in the sun because the radiation will fucking murder yeah, you. Yeah, so they wear like super sunscreen and yeah, hats. SCF 9000. And um, they all go out and sit down and. They're, like, at the launching, and Cayman's like, what are they even launching? And Maribor looks at him, his daughter, and says, you know it, Father, you've already seen it. Yeah, you've already seen it. And you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about this. And he turns, and Bataille, his old friend Bataille, is sitting there as a young man. And he says, yes, you have, old friend, don't you remember? Yeah. You saw it before you came here. And he talks about, like, how, like, they put their hopes and dreams, their whole society, into that probe, hoping mm-hmm. that somebody could teach the universe about right. them because everything what else happened. has been lost. It's, it's fucked up. 
Picard says it's me. I was the one yeah, that was supposed to I was to the find one. It. It's it's true. He's like it's true. It, he was like I was. It's true. It's fucking devastating. It's fucking, fucking devastating. His wife shows up back in her youth with the family, yeah. and she's like, "We've all been gone a thousand years, and we just yeah. want someone to remember who we were and what we were like." Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> like. Picard wakes up on the bridge of the Enterprise like nothing how would, happened. How would you go back to being? How would you do anything, man? I don't like know. how would yeah, just cry in my fucking quarters forever? Yeah, I would just be like, uh, all right, I'm gonna need a couple days off from this yeah. one. And like, he's like, how long has it been? And Riker tells him it's been 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and he goes, 20, 25. Yeah, like he can't believe how yeah. sh- like he's didn't he wasn't in a, like it's not fifty years later, right? Like it's fucking Jesus. A half hour later. So they bring the probe on board for study, and like Picard goes to the turbo lift with Crusher to go to sick bay, and he raises his hand to touch the old door mechanism he remembers from his home yeah. on Catan. Yeah, and he has to stop himself, and he kind of like draws his fingers back and drops his hand. Dude, it's fucking heartbreaking. Then the scene that always makes me tear up a little bit happened. You might remember that I'm a giant pussy who tears up at this scene. That, yeah, you. I mean, you keep saying that, but I think you're just a human man. I'm a human being. <laughs> a human being. And, like, Picard is in his quarters. He's just standing in the dark. He's thinking. just, like, dead, like, like thousand-yard stare. Like, it's and just, like, like, fucking traumatized, right? Riker shows up, and he's like, we found that the probe is completely shut down. Like, it was designed to go offline yeah. after it delivered its message. But we did find this inside the probe. Mm-hmm. Picard opens it, and he dismisses Riker, and it's the flute. Yeah, you don't like, see it. Yeah. It's Cayman. And the moment that always, like... I could feel it behind my eyes welling up is when he puts both hands on the flute and just clutches it to his chest. Yeah, he like hugs it. It's fucking, dude. It, it's like making me teary-eyed thinking about it. It's like it's ridiculous. Ri- it's like he's lived this whole life and he's left afterwards with this like, yeah. was it real? Like, was any of that real 50 plus years, 60 years? Well, he's clutching, life. like literally clutching onto anything. And then he opens that box up and there's a piece of it, a real yeah. piece, and he just holds it to his chest to prove it's real to himself. It's so human. It's such a human yeah. thing, like just grasping at anything because it's like you need to touch it, like just you need to feel it again, right? Yeah. Like, oh man. And he he pl- he puts the the flute to his mouth and he plays the same song he played at his son's naming ceremony when he was king. And the episode ends. It's so fucking good. <laughs> this episode is a masterpiece. Yeah. It is a masterpiece of television, of fiction, of science fiction. Yeah. Of emotions. Yeah, this whole episode is nothing but emotions. It play yeah. it has every type of emotion you could possibly ever have in one hour long episode. Like forty five minutes, maybe. Yeah, I think it's 45 minutes exactly, I yeah. think, is the time. It's amazing. It yeah. is an amazing episode of television and the best episode of Star Trek ever. 
I remember watching this the first time. Like, I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, holy fuck. Like, I was like 10, maybe, when I saw it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I like blew, it like blew me apart. Like, I was like, holy, holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just... Oh, man. I was rocked to my core the first time I watched this episode. Yeah, it fucks you up for a couple days. But I it's remember, like, like I was that bittersweet. It, and I shut it off after it was done. And I just sat there in silence for a few minutes. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I still do that. I, I, like, have to, like... Whenever I watch this episode, I have to, like, go to the next one. Almost. Because, like, I'm like, I can't. I can't, like, wallow in it. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it too much, you'll, like, really start to get upset. And, like, not, like, in a bad way all, all way. Like, it's, like I said, it's, like, bittersweet, right? Oh, You're yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, it's so... Like, that it's life re- wasn't taken from him. It's still with him forever. Yeah, it's his. Like, it was his life. Like, he lived that life, like, in, in like, a real sense. Like, that it's was like his a, life. It's a strange gift, in a way. That it's a curse and to, a gift. He gets to live two lives, which is something that no man, woman, or child has ever been able to do before. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. I do have yeah. a John Larroquette fun fact. Oh, I know what I have one too. I hope it's not the same one. Is it that uh, Morgan Gendel named every episode of Star Trek that he wrote after a Beatles song? I did read that one. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't gonna say that though. But. The Inner Light, Lady Madonna, Lady and Madonna. he wanted to name Starship Mine Revolution, but they wouldn't let him. Yeah, they would have got sued. <laughs> Well, they'd already had an episode called Evolution, and they thought That's that was too close. Too confusing. It's yeah. so... <laughs> I thought that was a fun little thing, because I, I really like the Beatles. So. Yeah, you like the Beatles a lot. I went My through fun a big fact. Beatles phase, like, last year. It, it died off, but I still like the Beatles a lot. I also like the Beatles, too, but I... I not as much as you, I don't think. <laughs> my fun fact is that the flute they sold the flute at an auction at Sotheby's yeah and it sold they, for $48,000 Jesus Christ like I know which they did, like, cheap the it's a rap uh, yeah thing the where they auctioned everything off yeah 2006 right that's what I'm looking at here um, another fun fact if you thought Cayman's son Bataille looked like Patrick Stewart quite a bit it's because he's Patrick Stewart's actual son Daniel wait Patrick Stewart has a son yeah and his name's Daniel yeah Daniel Stewart what yeah (laughs) no dude I thought Patrick Stewart was like Captain Picard he didn't have any kids nope he has he has a a wife and kids Well, he has a new wife now. Yeah, he had a he, previous wife and kids. Did he get divorced or did he did he die? I think... Did she um, die? <laughs> they divorced in 1990 after 24 years of marriage. They had a son and a daughter named Daniel and Sophia. He doesn't look like... I mean, he has the same hair, which is none. He has he the same chin. He's got like a little butt chin. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't really look like him that much, though. I'm looking at... What's his uh, daughter's name? Sophia. Sophia. Um, he had a second wife named Wendy Noose, who yeah. was a producer of Star Trek TNG. They were only married for three years. Mm-hmm. And he's he married has to not, some like he's uh, 
I don't think he's married to. No, he got married in no, 2013. He, he got married McKellen recently. Was the, yeah. He performed the ceremony. Yeah. That's neat. They're friends. They like each other. They're the bestest buddies in the world, besides us, of course. It's adorable. People should care more about us being best friends. I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. We're much more famous. Better actors. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, just better at everything, really. So, um, Picard's <laughs> flute appeared in a deleted scene from Star Trek Nemesis. We're kind of yeah. like getting the bottom of the barrel here. What were your things? Uh, just the, the one that it sold for. I, I saw it and I was like, oh, I would love to have like a replica of it, oh, right? I would like, too. especially if it worked. Yeah, I mean, you could probably get someone to make it's, it's like a recorder, right? It's just like a simple little flute. Like, you could probably get someone to make that for you. Captain Picard flute. Let's see. Resican flute. Yeah, the Resican flute, yeah. Come on, fucking. Oh my god. What is it? What? Etsy. Come on. Fucking make me a Nothing flute. Nothing on Etsy? Let me search You'd think on Etsy there would be. Let me search be. Etsy. Star Trek Resican flute. Found it. Oh, you did? Yeah. How much is it? Uh, $69. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it looks good, though. It looks just like Send the me show. the link. I'm not going to buy it, but I would. No, I I'm also not going to buy it, but it is great. <laughs> I, I if I what, was, I will tweet the link out okay, to the tweet. world. Yeah, let me see. And it. now Hold you'll on. not know why I'm doing it now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mystery to everyone. Picard's flute, three exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> the flute. But you'll know later. <laughs> Latorb. It's just this episode is the best. Yeah, it's too good. Like, I can't think of a better episode of Star Trek. Like, there are it's episodes tough. that can compete, but I don't think there are any that can trump it. Yeah, I... I I, I mean, it's, I think it's easily the best episode of any Star Trek, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Darmok is also very, very good, but on an emotional level, like, Darmok's pretty sad, and it's meaningful, but, like... On, like, a purely human emotional base level, this episode is, like, the king, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I... I don't know. I I love this episode to death. It's, it's like, one of those... It's, like, a gem of television. Like, like if, if we would to send, like, a probe into space of television shows... This would be on it, like we did with that record, right? Like, could you we imagine put, how confusing that would be to an alien race? They'd probably get it. They'd probably be like, "Oh, I get it." They'd be like, "What the fuck? Like, which one of these is the human world they're trying to tell us about? <laughs> do they have spaceships like this? <laughs> like, what we, we should probably not fuck with them. They got yeah. big old spaceships. Let's not go there. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they never came here. Maybe. <laughs> they yeah, solved they, this episode. That's they it. definitely came here. What are you talking about? They're here right now. <laughs> Fucking Anunnaki, dude. Look it up. Look it up. Look Fucking it up. Planet X, dude. Look it up. <laughs> Planet X. <laughs> this person also sells lightsabers. What did you do to me? You. I've already sent you those, I think. They look exactly like the ones we were talking about last time. They look no. Those aren't the, these aren't the ones. I, there's only one left of this one. Oh god, I need it, dude. You better fucking buy it. 
Oh my god, it comes this? in the box! The fucking flute comes in the box! Yeah. This one doesn't look that great, but I would get, like, some of these. I don't I'm, I'm talking. 60, I don't have $69, everybody. You can make $69, you know how? 69ing enough people? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> if, you six, if you charge 69 cents per 69, you'd only have to 69, like, a thousand times. <laughs> Sign Wait. me up. Wait, a hundred times. <laughs> so, um, the flute solo that uh -huh. Cayman and Picard do was um, composed by Jay Chataway. Jay Chataway, who yeah. Who composed all the music for this episode. Um, he expanded that piece into a six-minute orchestral suite for the best of Star Trek Volume 1, and you can find that on YouTube. That I've talked before about the, yeah. um, the Inner Light Suite. As being my favorite music from Star Trek. Sweet S-U-I-T-E, not S-W-E-E-T. Even though it is very sweet. It is sweet, though. Uh, just look that up, put your headphones on, chill the fuck out. It's beautiful. Yeah, get sad. Feel real sad feel about the music you Feel hearing. sad about the life you lived. Be it, like, uh, the regular life, but also the one you lived on Catan. Yeah, because you you got to see how they lived, and you're the only one. What a what a fucking mind fuck though, too. Like, there's so much shit going on with that. Like, you're the only one in the universe who knows what that was like. Like, that'll fuck your day up. Yeah, that alone. Like, who do you talk? You can't talk to anybody about that. Yeah. Like, if would, you talk it, if you talk about the ramifications of that with like Troy. What's she gonna yeah. say? Yeah, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it, right? Like, yeah, do you? Oh, you can get the necklace for $33. Fuck. Oh, shit, that's cool as fuck. I don't wear necklaces, though. Well, you might start. There's a couple of them here. Wow, there's a lot of them. Um, a little bit of a, like a note on the Memory Alpha Fandom Wiki. A great place to steal all your information for your podcast you're gonna do, by the way. Yeah. Um, there <laughs> is... Um, a little note that Picard only practices the melody of Frere Jaca before he accepts the identity as Cayman. Yeah, yeah, because he's still playing Earth music, yeah, right? Yeah, it's and a French he... song because he's French, and he yeah. sang it earlier with the kids in the turbo lift during the episode Disaster. Yeah, they're freaking out, and he's like, "Let's sing this stupid, stupid song," and they're like, "Oh my god, I hate Frere Jaca." <laughs> <laughs> I just I so love the fact that Daniel Stewart, Patrick Stewart's son, plays Cayman's mm. son. That's fucking amazing. I didn't know. I never knew that. I didn't know that. That's your John Larroquette fun fact of the week. How interesting. That's I can't praise this episode enough. I feel yeah, like I I've know. been sucking the dick right off this episode, but like I've waited the entirety of M Class podcast to get to this episode, and it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, I could watch this episode, like, every day, honestly. Like, yeah. There's nothing wrong with this one. <laughs> it's, it's one of those episodes that really puts you in the position of the main character. You automatically yeah. think, like, what would that even do to me if, I, if that happened to me? Yeah, it would mess me up for the rest of my life. If I could tell you that right now. Yeah, I'm no Picard. I would fuck yeah. me up forever. <laughs> But Picard's been, like you said earlier, Picard's been through the board. Like, this guy has, like, seen so much shit, right? Like, and he just gets, like, better and better for it. And, like, maybe living in that time that they live in, 
human beings are better able to like remove their ego from like the problems that they run into like they're not victims right like they they're experiencing like these events like objectively in a lot of ways maybe that helps them but like this is so subjective for him like i think this in a lot of ways like as like traumatizing as the borg was like you could argue this is probably just as traumatizing it's true he gets to live a life though which is nice like he's not a, a slave so like that's better but like the sadness like he's he like loved his wife and she's dead like he had a yeah, life she's been dead for a thousand years and she yeah have no idea who he is it just fucks with you man it just totally fucks with you i talked earlier about how they don't touch on this again uh with any sort of heavy hand but mm-hmm. they do touch on it in the episode lessons from season yeah. six which is where Picard falls in love with one of um, his subordinates. Yeah, the commander, captain, yeah. or, or commander, science lady. Um, Lieutenant commander. Sorry. Darren. Well, yeah, Darren. And yeah. she's, like, super strong-willed, which is absolutely his type. Yeah, oh, But yeah. Um, he can't deal with having to order her into dangerous situations, so he has to break it off. But he mentions right. being married before, and she's like, what? He's like, yeah. it'd be very difficult to explain. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He mentions that's the last time he was in love, like he ever felt love. Yeah. It's just, there are far-reaching ramifications for Picard, but it's not like he had his guts pulled out and robot shit put in. So Yeah, it's, it's again, it's like, it's just like, like he lived a life and it's gone. It's not like he was a... A cyborg. <laughs> I'm just like dick sucking the shit of this episode. I love it. I love it. I don't know. I I just I think if you watched it, you you probably felt the same way. Everyone. I I don't know. I don't have anything else to say because like I don't I don't know what I can say. That's right? true. This this episode probably felt very fast for everybody, and it might be kept fairly short because we blew through it. The whole episode, you're, like, amped for what's going to happen next. You want to mm. know. You want to find out more. And I feel like that comes through in this episode as well. Like, we blew through it because we wanted to know more, even though we already knew it. Well, we already know the end, and, like, the end is, like, such a good payoff. Like, it's such an emotional payoff that, like, when you watch it, you're it, it's, like... It's like edging, right? You're just edging yourself toward this end. <laughs> and the end is great because you're like, I know, I know the end. I know what happens, right? Like, I get it. Still but hits like, me like a ton of bricks yeah. when he holds that flute to his chest. I wonder if Cameron Crowe, like, didn't take a lot from this episode. Because Vanilla Sky is very similar to this in a lot of ways. Vanilla Sky is, like, super heavy-handed Cameron Crowe writing where he's, like like up his own butt <laughs> the whole time you're selling like, this movie really well it's a, it's a good movie it, it's tom cruise is in it and it like that's a detriment to the movie yes. in my opinion tom uh, cruise is not a very good actor but like science fiction wise like it's very good and uh it's it's very similar to this like do you think the tom payoff cruise, is similar do you think tom cruise likes sci-fi he's in a lot of sci-fi movies I think Tom Cruise likes Tom Cruise. Well, of course he does. But, I mean, he keeps I think choosing Tom Cruise... to be in sci-fi movies. Yeah, because... Well, you know why, right? I mean, you know why. 
Kazinu. Kazinu, yeah. Yeah, Kazinu, yeah. That's Zinu's why. not in the sci-fi movies he's in, though. He wasn't in Battlefield. No, before. but maybe maybe the aliens he's in the movies with are, uh, are they know Zinu. <laughs> I guess he has to love sci-fi because it's his religion. He's not in Battlefield Earth. That's John I, Travolta. I said he wasn't in Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh yeah, because Battlefield Earth is the the yeah. Scientology. Yeah, okay. He has to love science fiction because it's his religion. Yeah, well, that's I mean, it's every religion. <laughs> you know, there is that, Josh. There it's, is that. It's every. Religion. Although most other religions are fantasy. Yeah, but I mean, I guess they're sci-fi in the sense that they take place on Earth, <laughs> and Earth is in space. Right. I'm glad that Josh isn't like in charge of what's considered sci-fi. <laughs> Look, Earth no. is in space, dude. Well, there are like there's like the Vedic shit from uh, India where there's like spaceships flying around and shit. That sounds hear- awesome. I didn't know about that. Yeah, like there's a lot of like crazy sci-fi shit in history. Like, you know, ancient aliens, man. They're real. <laughs> Anunnaki, dude. Look aliens. it up. Let me go as Zenu if they're real. Fucking He's my new god. Zenu. Let me ask I gotta get him. my. Do you pray I gotta get my. Zenu? Yeah, I mean, my Thetans have to go into the volcano, right? So. Thetans are bad, right? Like, you gotta get rid of Thetans. Yeah, you don't want a lot of Thetans. That's bad. Because they're like the ghosts of the people who died in the volcano or something like that. That's a really big volcano. I mean, volcanoes are pretty big. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody who tuned into this very special episode of M Class Podcast. Title this Jeff's favorite episode of M Class Podcast. That's it. That's the name of it. We're not even going to do the name of the, sh- the episode of the show <laughs> that it is. That's the subtitle. It's M Class Podcast, The Inner Light, aka Jeff's favorite episode of the podcast. Col- colon Revengeance. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks for colon. listening to this. Like, if it wasn't. For- I was going to say if it wasn't for you guys listening, we wouldn't have made it to this point, but we would have done it anyway. We'll do whatever we want, goddammit. <laughs> like, I would have done this podcast even if nobody listened. It's just an excuse to hang out with Josh and talk about Star Trek. Yeah, I just want to talk about the Trek. That's how I say it. The Trek. Because he's super fucking cool. Yeah, the Trek. Definitely not lame as hell. Definitely the coolest guy. <laughs> not a dork. Thanks cat- for- this cat is trying to move. I can't get near the microphone because this cat. Okay, I'm coming back. He's back, everybody. Just I'm in back. time to say good night. Bye. We'll be back in one week with more M Class goodness. Later, nerds. Bye, dorks. <laughs> yeah. I'm mentally ill. 